I don't want to get married by in a church. Are you going to get married in a church? Mm, I, I go back and forth on it. I feel like, personally, I don't really want it. But I think that, like, not that me and Dan are engaged or anything, but if I do marry Dan, his, I feel like his family would like it. Mm. And our family, obviously, would like it. Um, but mm-hmm. ultimately, I also think... They wouldn't really care if I just did my own thing. I think they'd just respect that and be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so too. Priest to her wedding was like a real dick. So, oh, really? Yeah. So like that can happen. And then you have this person as part of your like ceremony Day. forever. Yeah. Like you can't change that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Anyway. Suck. Warning. Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, here Dancing we go. around him, reciting what? poetry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh, well, big surprise. Oh, God. <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. <gasps> Did it? Okay. Oh. <laughs> What are you drinking? I am drinking the Pucka. Chum- uh, bleh, well, let's start again. I'm that, drinking. That, that, that. I am drinking the Pucka Three Ginger Tea because you can't get enough ginger. I think it has turmeric in it as well. Kills the worms. Does Mummy always said about ginger? Yeah, it does have turmeric as well. Yeah, because it is quite strong. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are you drinking, man? I am drinking a ice lemon tea that I got with my noodles. Oh, that sounds amazing. Both things. I want ice lemon tea noodles. <laughs> I love the noodles over here. They're like rice noodles, so oh, they don't yeah. make me bloated. They're the like, best. I love rice noodles. Yeah. They are. They're a lot lighter. They're much lighter. They don't make me bloated. And I, so I had rice noodles, uh, shiitake mushrooms, and tofu. Oh, oh yeah so good yeah and bean sprouts oh love it it's like a soup noodle noodle soup kind of like ramen then is it technically yeah kind of it's like, like a ramen mich- michan i'm so jealous <gasps> ha ha i know i know oh what about your me time i am just gonna put on a little bit of eye cream because i've already done little bit to my face so last step now is just the eye cream it's the caffeine eye cream from the inky list I think I might mm-hmm. have talked about it in a previous episode and I just wanted to do a little update on it because guys it seriously works so does it? I feel like I've seen a difference when I don't use it mm-hmm. um so now I know it's working <laughs> your eyes are in caffeine withdrawal <laughs> Pretty much. My eyes need caffeine now every morning. Every single morning I have to put it on. If I don't, I will notice the difference. It's crazy. Okay. And now I'm like hooked in now. Oh, you're addicted to caffeine. I am. In my yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I sent Toya the caffeine eye cream for her birthday. Oh, did Inky you? Listen. Yeah, no, it's really good. I do really like it. I really like yeah. the applicator uh, as well. But it's like a it's like a very tube? narrow, fine little yes. tip. I like that too. So that you not, don't not get too much, too much out. out. Yeah. Yeah. you know so yeah loving it what about you what are you doing for your me time i am filing my nails between oh, nice. paragraphs i suppose can you hear you have always been so good at uh keeping your nails 
good nick or is i just minor atrocious? it's a good i don't know i always have a nail file you do but then like i remember at uh at a job one time i was like filing my nails i was like thinking and reading and filing my nails and then like somebody said to me it looks like you're killing time and i was like what it's like you look so unprofessional filing your nails was it a customer no it was in an office and it's just like it's like bitch what like what are you talking about (laughs) like i need to file my cuticles (laughs) maybe it does look unprofessional whatever yeah but that's why your Um, nails look good so there you go sit and swivel Okay, so you do not just say that. Do you remember people used to say that? I do, so and I hated it then, and I hate it now. And you have to stick up your finger because I was sticking up my finger, like, look at my how nice my fingernail is. Sit and swivel. Yeah. Look did you do that? You did not do that in an office. Murray and McGillis should not be. No, in an office I didn't do people. that in the office. No, <laughs> I'm saying it to her in the past. Yes. Posthumously, I don't know how to. Posh. Sending she's not dead she's <laughs> i not, hope i well who Hers knows insulting this dead woman <laughs> maybe she died from split cuticles <laughs> i got an infection <laughs> oh, okay yeah. so today uh, did you say jinx yeah we're going we to old jinx? school today all the old phrases was <laughs> Okay. clearly losing it at this point ah, nah, nah. I have to go to bed anyway okay so I've decided to do Harold Shipman oh why do I, why do I know that name I'm so bad you with do. names I, I, I know that name and I know it's a biggie oh. who do you think it is oh it's someone really big yeah. I know it is he big I know why am I blanking I don't know Miriam doctor He's a doctor. Yeah. It's not Dr. Death. Yeah. It is Dr. Death. Yeah. Okay. 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 So the reason why I wanted to cover this case is because I didn't know very much about it. Do you know much about it? No, I just know that he was a serial killer. When you said his name, I knew he was a serial killer. Like I knew he was a biggie. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I know a lot about him. I just looked up a picture. Mm-hmm. He, he has quite a kind face. He doesn't look like a serial killer. No, he, he kind of has like, like a, a cute little beard, like the little white yeah. beard. He kind of looks like your yeah. dad. Like he just looks like yeah. very He looks bizarre. like a fuddy-duddy guy. Like a professor. Probably... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm so intrigued. So, I'm so ready for this. Yeah. So I wanted to do it because I didn't really know anything about it or him. And last podcast on the left, they always say that they're not going to do it because it's boring. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm I like, I, be... I, I'm going to make it fun. Well, I try. Boring. Okay. Well, it's true. He didn't give a confession. So it's like when killers don't give a confession, it's hard to like get the nitty gritty, get the dates, get get the gotcha. juice. You know. Gotcha. It's, He's not like. So, saying that he's innocent or anything though yeah what yeah all right I'm intrigued. Yeah. here we go hmm. harold frederick shipman jr was born to working class parents on the 14th of january 1970 no 
1946, Nottingham, England. He was the second of three children of devout Methodist Vera and Harold Shipman Sr., a truck driver. Harold was particularly, particularly close to his mother. When Harold was 17, Vera died of lung cancer. Oh, no. And she was only aged 44. Oh, Very young. God, no. Yeah. He's oh, only 17. In the later, more final stages of Vera's death, because she was in so much pain, she had morphine administered to her at home by a doctor. Okay. The teenage Harold witnessed his mother's pain going up and down. The powerful morphine subsiding her pain despite her terminal condition. Mm-hmm. She dies, however, in a similar way, what later became creepily similar to Shipman's own MO. Yeah, and you thought you were going to say that. Harold studied medicine at Leeds University of Medicine. And in 1974, when he was 28 years old, he took his first position as a general practitioner, GP, in Todmorden. Todmorden? Todmorden. 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 Never heard of it. Nah, somewhere in England. Okay. Only Only a year into his first job, Harold was caught forging prescriptions for himself. A year in? A year ah, in. Ah, dude. Mm, a year man. in. Do we know what kind mm-hmm. of prescriptions? Synthetic opioid painkillers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The hard stuff. Oh, the boy. The hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, Harold. Naughty, naughty. What do you think happened? Well, he was taking them himself, obviously. Well, after he was found out. Um, do, I don't... See, I don't know what the procedures are for that. Do they give a few warnings or I don't know is that really like egregious or whatever I don't know is it fireable I don't know so he was fined 600 pounds oh you get a fine that's weird okay uh uh-huh and had to attend drug rehab oh that makes sense okay Mm -hmm. but then you get to go back to your job yeah I suppose it was only his first offense so they didn't strike him off yeah well, like, it's, see, like they it's a pretty doctor. bad. They need the doctors. They can't be, yeah. you know. You want um, to have somebody checking in on them, though, every now and again, do a piss test. I would. Uh, mm. It's not a good start. After this, he had to go get a different GP position in Hyde, which is a town outside Manchester. Mm-hmm. This is where he and his wife and four children would live. For decades, Harold worked as a GP and was a respected member of the Hyde community. And eventually even established his own surgery in 1993. Hmm. So he was doing well. Great. In March 1998, Dr. Linda Reynolds had noticed a much higher than average death rate among Harold's patients. Uh-oh. As well as a higher than average number of cremation forms for Uh-oh. elderly women. Who's yes. she? Sorry, what's her position? I think she's just another doctor. Okay, okay. So he asked her to co-sign for the cremations. And he, she was like, this is a lot of cremations. Yeah, and it's you always pick for, up on it after yeah. a while. Yeah. And it's always for women. And oh. I always see you. Yeah. And so she was like, hmm, this is a bit weird. And so she went and she told the district coroner. I 
didn't think the doctors got involved with like signing off on cremations or something. I thought it was like whoever I know not everyone gets an autopsy, but I would have thought it was somebody mm-hmm. else. I don't know why. I don't know. For some reason it needs to be co signed. Like a doctor has to be like We are yes. clear why this person died, therefore we can burn them because we don't ever so. have to resume them and test their body again. Did you say resume them? Yeah, like because Exum. Exum. Did I say resume? <laughs> Resurrect. Exum. Yes, you're exhume. you're right. Exit to exhume exhume them. Because uh, that's that's the thing with <laughs> cremation is so final. There's no putting right. pieces together again. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So he's right. But 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 what I'm trying to say is is he like convincing these people's like uh loved ones like nearest kin to like he's is he convincing them to do cremations because i feel like not a lot of people want them i feel like in ireland they're definitely not that popular Mm, yeah i don't know how popular they are in england but if she was noticing like why why is there so many Mm -hmm. he's the link so it's him so he's probably convincing people to Mm-hmm. Like imagine some doctor sure. was like to you, yeah, I think you should get them cremated. But like, what? What's this got to do with you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Something funny. So the next month, an investigation was made, but quickly closed due to insufficient evidence. Later, the Manchester, uh, <clears throat> in years to come, like later, like after all of this, the Manchester police came under fire because they assigned inexperienced officers. To like this really complex case. Oh no. But we know how the story ends. Like he doesn't get away with it. Mm -hmm. About two months after the investigation is closed. Harold's last last victim. Kathleen Grundy. Was found dead in her home. On the 24th of June 1999. And Harold was the last person to see her alive. He signed her death certificate. Citing the cause of death as old age. What age was she? Oh. Sorry. She must have been old, though. <laughs> she was, like, kind of old, yeah. She was old, elderly. You can just take out my question. That's okay. I will. <laughs> <laughs> what age was she? Silence. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> I don't know. Um, although this time it didn't go so smooth. Kathleen's daughter, Angela, was a lawyer. Go on, Angela. Go on, Angela. Angela was concerned when her mother's when her mother's lawyer reached out to her and told her, Angela, your mother left a will, but you might want to check its authenticity. Apparently, Kathleen decided that she didn't want to leave Angela, her daughter, and grandchildren anything. What? They were totally excluded. But Dr. Shipman, Stop. now he is set to inherit $386,000. Stop. Mm-hmm. How did this guy think he was going to get away with this? No one loves their doctor uh-huh. that much. What on <laughs> earth? Unless they're having a bloody affair. Ew. Yeah, but like you can't be yeah. having an affair with all the old biddies, so something's got to give. So what? How did some, <laughs> He's got some balls to do that. Doesn't he, right? I mean... Do you know what he should have done is set up like an alias and get her to mm-hmm. hand over the money to some 
you know, set up this fake person. I know that's a lot of work, but <laughs> if for 386, you would do it for, you know, wouldn't you? Well, today that money is worth £598,000. Yeah. I mean, you would, like, yeah. because putting your own name on it, it's just going to be traced to you, so it's just stupid. It's true. Yeah, it's so true. So, Angela went to the police, and she told the police, there's something wrong with this will. My mother would never write me and my children out of it. Who is this doctor? Mm-hmm. So, police began, began a second investigation. Poor Kathleen's body was exhumed and re-examined, so she wasn't cremated. Okay. And what they found was that Kathleen had traces of diamorphine, a very strong opioid often used for pain control in terminal cancer patients. Wow. Just like his mom. Yeah. Harold claimed that he was only administering Kathleen opioids because she was out and out addicted to painkillers. Well, she's addicted. Should you not be helping her? (laughs) Yeah, right. He told them that they could even read his medical notes. So they did. The police took Harold's computer and upon examination, it showed that the notes were entered after Kathleen's death. (laughs) For a doctor, this guy is not very smart. (gasps) I know. God. Yeah, I also laughed at that whenever I was like, oh my god, you don't know anything about like coding or uh, but, why but would like it's not even that. It's it? it's it's basically like a diary, like an entry or like an email. There is a mm-hmm. timestamp. I mean yeah. kids know but that. all of these things. Yeah. Like children, children know, know that. This, yeah. Like I mean, come on, dude. Well maybe in the nineties it wasn't that common. Yeah, knowledge. maybe the computers were so basic and maybe he couldn't see a date, but you're right behind every line there is, you know, metadata that's Yeah. Set well, you know tells that today, you when, yeah. yeah, but maybe he didn't know. Idiot. Yeah. Wow. In August of the same year, nineteen ninety eight, while all of this is going on, A taxi driver also suspected Harold of murdering 21 of the taxi driver's clients. Okay. Mm. All right, Mr. Taxi Man. Yeah, I know, right? He was so convinced of his suspicion that he also told police that he was suspicious of Dr. Shipman. And he had no idea of the previous investigation or the current developing situation with that thing. What got him suspicious? So is he, he's taking these people to the hospital in his taxi? Yes. And he's maybe noticing that they're okay, but then they get worse and then they get, they die. But then isn't that just normal for sick people to get worse and die? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what he said. He went to the doctors and he was just like, Look, I bring these OAPs to Dr. Shipman and then like they die like a few days later and they're not, he's like, there's no way they were all on death's door. Right. Like, okay, it's just too frequent the deaths. Yeah, they can't all die. And it's it's all Dr. Shipman. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because he's probably taken other people to other doctors and to other doctors. Gotcha. Okay. So he's comparing. Yeah. Okay. Mm hmm. Gosh, good for him, like, yes. keeping his eyes peeled. and yeah. Right. I, find, like, I feel like taxi drivers come up a lot in cases. They, re- you know, 
They are the eyes and ears on the ground. Oh oh my god, jinx. Jinx. The theme of this episode is jinx. Uh, Yeah, we need to have a word for every episode. Okay, so I love this this man already. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's it. We're done with the taxi. Oh, okay. Well, it's great. (laughs) It lasted. I enjoyed that portion. Oh, a few months later, Harold was arrested on the 7th of September, 1998. And after a search of his home, they find a brother typewriter. The exact same kind that was used to forge Kathleen's will. (gasps) They find the typewriter in his house. Uh, Do people still have typewriters in the 90s? I feel like this guy was a little bit old school. Sure he didn't know about... Sure, he gave the police his computer. I know. Could search it. Yeah, this guy's a little bit okay. But maybe the will was written on a typewriter. See, and, and then, then maybe why do you have a typewriter it? in your house? You purchased it to match it to the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, while searching Harold's home, police had seized seized over ten thousand pounds worth of jewelry they found in his garage, like ladies' jewelry. Yes. Like old bitty jewellery. Yes. In a garage. Awful. Who keeps jewellery in a garage? A man. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. Oh, what a piece of work. Preying Mm -hmm. on the elderly. Really? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The police investigated the other deaths Harold had certified and deeply investigated 15 cases. Some of them, the ones the taxi driver had referenced. Police quickly discovered the pattern. Harold was administering lethal doses of diamorphine, signing patients' death certificates, sending them off to be cremated, and then going back to falsify medical records as a way to indicate that the patients had been in poor health. Which to me, it seems kind of impulsive. It's like, well, well, you could... It's not well planned because you could write notes that the patient is going downhill, they're getting sick. Do it over time, yeah. Over time and then kill them. It's an idea. He's, like this is all impulse. Yeah. Yeah. On the 5th of October, 1999, Harold was charged with the murders of 15 women by lethal injections of diamorphine between the years of 1995 and 1998. Wow. Harold refused to make public statements to the media about his actions. Throughout the trial, Harold consistently denied his, denied his guilt and disputed the scientific evidence put against him. However, on the 31st of January 2000, after six days of deliberation, the jury found Shipman guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. Harold was sent to life imprisonment for all 15 counts of murder with a recommendation that he never be released. Good making him the only doctor in the history of British medicine found guilty of murdering his patients. Whoa! Mm. Interesting. Ten days later, Harold was struck off the General Medical Council, GMC. While authorities said they could have brought many additional charges, they concluded that a fair hearing was going to be impossible in light of the enormous public publicity surrounding the case Mm -hmm. like they couldn't get a fair trial oh my god what about his wife she just (laughs) popped into my head and children four children and a wife yeah so this has all been going on i feel like god loved them the wives never really suspect a thing especially because he's going off to work 
and mm-hmm. doing this and she must have been one of those women that never went into the garage I know I wouldn't she, she didn't see all the jewellery so god mm-hmm. did she ever come out and speak to the press or very embarrassing Harold's wife isn't it Harold's wife stayed by her husband and defended his innocence Sorry, during what? the trial yes defended. what wait maybe she was loving that jewellery I've totally done a 180 here oh my god <laughs> what no. stood by him you see but it's the embarrassment of it it's like you mm-hmm. almost, you want that to be true so she's just gonna like dig her heels in and maybe that will work but everyone knows I don't know I it seems you think it like, makes I think it makes her look worse do you think so I think he probably convinced her that yeah. those ladies gave him their jewelry I mean come on yeah she is she is she yeah. wise I mean I don't uh, think so no uh, uh, so, even after his conviction she fought for his innocence saying he was innocent god so what about the kids do we have any info on them or no info on the kids okay okay god you not want that to be your dad oh so embarrassing oh god in january 2001 an investigation inquiry team was set to investigate and inquire into the into into 22 specific deaths i thought it okay yeah yeah no 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 sorry he was only charged for 15 but yeah there was more. yes yeah 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 there's more so they just exhumed a whole bunch of bodies that they could you know because i mm-hmm. think not all of them were cremated yeah so they were able to exhume the ones that were not cremated test them see they all had morphine in them so they're wow. all being so they can conclude that he's killing everyone the same way okay which is so also was, kind of mm-hmm. stupid on his part isn't it I'm sure there's other I ways to kill people than morphine overdose i think it's like not the killing it's like the act he like, likes administering he the morphine likes, he likes to see them fade like their pain go or he likes to see them fade away oh, like his so mom bloody weird i've Isn't had it? morphine and you it's, have when did you have yeah morphine? when i was in the hospital with my leg i had morphine administered and it's it's unbelievable it's you, it literally you know when people say it just melts away it literally melts away like, what was it like? So it's quite fast. I remember it being quite fast acting. Uh-huh. And I remember I couldn't fully extend my leg. You know, you lie down on the bed and you, you know, your legs, lie yeah. your legs out flat. I could not do that. I, I constantly had to have my leg bent. Uh-huh. As soon as they administered the morphine, I was able to stretch my leg, twist it, pull it. I could, it was just wow. the best. And you feel like you just feel good. Like you feel, mm-hmm. your body feels really good. There's no, do you know you always have like a little niggle somewhere on your body? Like maybe you mm-hmm. slept funny or, you know, like you just feel so loose. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan. <laughs> I know, no, I, re, I was so happy when they gave it. And then, and then what happens is then you're thinking, oh my God, when is this going to wear off? And you start thinking, well, when am I going to get my next one? And you start like, that's as close as I've been to like, you know, that's the pe- what yes. happens with prescription medication, you know? It is, yeah. It's bloody scary. But anyway, so yeah, so he's into the whole process of it. In July 2002, the shipment inquiry, which is still online, I find it, it is long, okay. but it's online and you can read 
all of the investigations of like every single case and oh, wow. interviews with people. Okay. Mm-hmm. It concluded that Harold Shipman had in total 459 people died while under his care between 1971 and 1999, and he killed at least 218 of his patients Stop. between right between 1975 and 1998. That's that's an astonishing figure. Oh 218 God. people. You couldn't even remember all those people. Like, what nope. an arse. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's was like, it mainly women? Like, Yes. Most of his victims were elderly women in good health. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird that he chose elderly women when his mother was only 44. Yes. That's I it. think it was because he could get away with it yeah no one's looking Mm -hmm. out for them as much yeah it's awful Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. awful all who were murdered by an overdose of opioids in a similar way to kathleen the judge who submitted the shipment inquiry report also admitted that there were more suspicious deaths but can't be definitely ascribed to dr shipman including the suspicious death of a four-year-old girl what during the early stage of his medical career. Susie Garfit was a quadriplegic suffering from cerebral palsy and was in hospital ill with pneumonia. And she's four years old. Four years old, poor baby. Oh my God, that is Mm -hmm. the saddest thing. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Garfit, her mother, met Dr. Shipman in November 1972. She testified to the Shipman inquiry that Harold was suggesting to her that treating Susie with medication would only prolong her daughter's suffering. Of course, this distraught mother did not want her four-year-old to suffer anymore and told the doctor to be kind to Susie. No. Uh-huh. No. Susie's mom told the inquiry, I gave Susie a kiss, gave a little prayer, and went out to get a cup of tea. No! No! Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God, could you imagine okay. coming back and your child? Oh my God. That's what happened. Oh my God. So she God. went to have a cup of tea. She came back like 10 minutes later. She returned to the hospital room. The Stop. door was closed. Stop. A nurse exited and told her that her four-year-old was dead. Dear, holy dear God. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was the child able to recover from this? Like, there, He said not to give the kid medication to try and fight the pneumonia, just to give her painkillers. Uh, I don't really get Basically, it. Basically, she was, she was misled. Oh, gosh. This is bizarre that all his patients all right. are so old and then this one child. This okay. one, yeah. Weird. So... At the inquiry, Mrs. Garfit said that she did not give permission to hasten her daughter's likely death. She just didn't want her to be in pain. Mm-hmm. So, like, she wanted him to give her a little killers. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she wanted to hasten her child's death, she would have been there. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Garfit added, I was very shocked. I did not expect this. Oh, the head of the shipment inquiry concluded that there was quite serious suspicion that Susie was murdered by Harold Shipman. Okay. Now, obviously, not all of his victims were in good health. For the victims who were sick, 
an analysis showed Harold had signed an abnormally high number of death certificates between 6pm and midnight in hospital. Much higher than other doctors had signed death certificates, which obviously can't be explained clinically or statistically. Yeah. It's like that one doctor has two or three times more people dying yeah. at 8 p.m. So he can make it home to watch Countdown. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so what a dick. The shipment inquiry included concluded that they think he might have been hastening the deaths of patients who were very close to death and who might otherwise had died within a few hours. What he an impatient want, prick. But it's like he doesn't even want them. It's like he sees the opportunity for him to get his fix. It's Probably. Like, it's probably a bit of that, yeah. Shipman also made unusual entries in the patient medical records about the deaths, which were either very, very short or like grossly over elaborated and sometimes there was even like crossing out like he changed his mind about how they died oh dear god and um, now his actions even affected other doctors the gmc charged six doctors with misconduct um as they had co-signed the cremation forms for shipman's victims the GMC said that they should have noticed the pattern between Shipman's home visits and his patients' deaths, mm. but all were found not guilty. Right, but a taxi man could tell you. Well, this is true, you're and right. All these doctors are like signing away willy nilly. Mm-hmm. No one's. Now, at the same time, I respect doctors very much. They do a hard job. A lot of them are overworked. Maybe they can't mm-hmm. always be looking out for these things, but. Mm-hmm. It does seem a bit um, mishandled. Like they just, yeah, got to keep on your toes, people. Great advice. That's to everyone. <laughs> Let's all while, be on the lookout. <laughs> while in prison, Harold became friends with serial killer and serial rapist Peter Moore. Lovely. Yay. During, this, during his time in prison, Harold refused to take part in prison courses, which would have encouraged acknowledgement of his crimes. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, they do that in prison. You kind of work through it and you kind of mm-hmm. forgive yourself mm-hmm. almost as well. Yeah, like a lot courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Healing goes on in prison, which I think is great. But uh-huh. yeah, if you're a big stubborn old prick like him. So his refusal to like partake led to him temporarily losing privileges, including oh. the opportunity to talk to his wife on the phone. Good. Mm-hmm. This meant that they had to send letters. And during this letter writing period, Harold received a letter from her saying, you need to tell me everything, no matter what. Oh. Yeah. It was quite obvious that Harold's wife was finally starting to doubt her husband. Oh, good. Four years later, January 13th, 2004, the day before his 58th birthday, Harold was found dead. (gasps) He had hanged himself using the window bars and bed sheets in his prison cell. No. Yeah. Quite rightly, some of the victim's families said they felt cheated. Suicide meant they would never have the satisfaction of his confession, nor answers to why he even committed his crimes. Bizarre. Yeah, the fact that we just, he just never talked. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Shipman's motives for suicide was never established, though he reportedly told his probation officer that he was considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security after he was stripped of his NHS pension. So I think... I don't understand. I think that if he killed himself, she would get his life insurance. I was thinking life insurance. Maybe Mm -hmm. there was... He had to kill himself within a certain amount of time before the NHS took it away, or I don't know. I'm not too sure. Harold's wife was recommended to not bury her husband in case the grave was to be attacked. So he was cremated on the 19th of March, 2005, outside normal hours. So to maintain secrecy... Uh, the funeral was attended by Harold's wife and their four children. I kind of hate the fact that he was cremated. Yeah, like his victims. I kind of hate it because I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, like he loved cremation, you know. So I'm like, no, you shouldn't get it. <laughs> it's too good for you. Yeah. A year later in 2005, it, it became public knowledge that Shipman may also have been stealing jewelry from his victims. So... I included it because it happened linear, in the linear. I included it because it happened. You're broken. <laughs> but in my, I don't know. I included it because it happened. Because it happened. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I just decided to slot it in there. But the public only knew about the ten thousand dollars pounds worth of jewelry in two thousand and five. Okay. After he died. So in 2005, Mrs. Shipman asked for its return. In response, the police wrote to the families of Shipman's victims asking them to identify the jewellery. While some of the unidentified items were handed to the Assets Recovery Agency in May, so to like pay for the overtime and stuff that mm-hmm. went into this case, 66 pieces were released to Mrs. Shipman and she decided to auction 33 pieces that she confirmed were not hers. The proceeds of the auction went to the team's side of victim support. I think the fact that she auctioned pieces she confirmed were not hers is definitely her acknowledging that he did murder all those women. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's come around. Yeah. She knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so some pieces got returned to the families. Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In 2005, a memorial garden to Harold's victims called the Garden of Tranquility was opened in Hyde. God, that's a sad garden. Yeah. Gosh. But nice to do that. Mm -hmm. But so sad that so many people share something like that. My God. From one person, one doctor. I know. Who's supposed to be helping and all these people are connected through that. It's awful. Isn't it? God. And then in 2009... There is still fallout. Families of over 200 of the victims of Harold are still seeking compensation for the loss of their relatives. Oh, God. Yeah, it's still going on. Yeah. As a way to raise money, authorities announced that letters Harold wrote while in prison could be sold for auction. Oh, wow. Okay. Do they normally do things like that? I don't know. I think they're like, it's a lot of people like looking for a lot of money. I know it is. It it seems unorthodox to sell bits of letter. I've never heard of that. Well, actually, there was complaints from the other victims' relatives and the media media also scrutinized it. So they withdrew the letters from the sale. 
yeah it's just something a bit fishy about that it's just a bit it's unsettling i don't know it's it's like is it, it it's a bit unethical because who are the people that yeah. are buying them getting off on it like yeah, yeah i got that from harold yeah. what a weirdo was buying that yeah they're like frame it and putting it up in their living room for frame a cob piece mm. it's a bit mm. you're asking for trouble there but because mm-hmm. then you could get some bloody copycat maybe not a doctor copycat this is hard to copy what he did but you know what i mean i just it's just not yeah. it's unsettling anyway because i mean who is it that it's the government that has to pay these families right because it's the nhs right i believe i believe okay. so yeah can they not find a bit of money for them my god come on um and that's it so wow. that's the end of the story some people speculate that harold subconsciously forged the will because the will was what got him caught he could have got away with it but some people think that he forged the will because he wanted to get caught and that everything was like catching up with him and he felt like he was out of control while others think that he forged the will because he was planning to retire early that he wanted to retire early at 55 and leave the UK so he was stealing jewelry for money and then he seen this opportunity to like take this Kathleen's money yeah nobody knows why he forged the will it was his downfall it did seem extremely stupid but then did he just get cocky after killing 200 and so people and stealing their jewelry did he just get cocky and thought he could do it i think i think Mm -hmm. he he did it to try and get away with it but see the stealing of the jewelry do you think he kind of like took it off them when they were in the hospital and stuff like that oh god it's just like so invasive isn't that horrible because it, it's mm-hmm. not like he was going in well or was he going into their homes did did he do home visits i think he did he did do home visits and yes. he would have took it out of their off their Maybe. counters in their bedroom that's awful <sighs> jewelry is such a personal thing for people you know unless you think it was also like his what they called, like trophies do you think he was keeping mm, trophies possibly because that's what I thought whenever you said like a load of jewellery found in the garage I was like well why why didn't he sell it and like you know why hang on to the physical pieces like get get money with from the jewellery you know? like, oh he's such a creep I bet he went out and he looked at the jewellery and he remembered uh, the, how he killed the uh, uh, I just don't what what about killing old people would like excite someone bizarre especially because in this case it's not sexual doesn't seem to be and it's so it's very hard to understand the motive like what is he getting out of it he likes to watch people die yeah but like not in a sexual way just like oh this makes me happy like what what watch some tv maybe, I it, don't know. maybe it was sexy to him what? I know. like old women croaking like that <laughs> like croaking do you know i, know. I just i just so cannot understand i think that is why everyone yeah i can see why everyone is so annoyed because because it's such a bizarre one even more mm. answers like if it was sexual it would just be like open and shut case this this guy's a weirdo this guy's you know mm-hmm. pervert or whatever but i'm not sure it's that mm-hmm. clear it's not that simple i don't know mm-hmm. wow 
dude. We'll see you in the next one, guys. Slana Walia. Bye bye. Oh, wait, where's my good advice? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to be on their toes. That's doctor advice. advice. <laughs> Watch out, okay, your doctor man. might kill you. I know. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. I thought you might say that one. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.